With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Snow the Goal, the only players, podcast, the people's podcast, the players' podcast, Prime Not Skaters podcast, Pampers podcast, Key Life podcast. By the way, before, remind me, the Pampers podcast was like a real thing. We got to give a shout out to one of our longtime listeners who uh, sent us uh, a picture of their newborn baby. This is, we'll get we'll get there in a second, but we really are the Pampers podcast, the only Flyers podcast. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad, joined as always by the man, the myth, the legend. Terrian Bundy. Find him on Twitter at Cterian6. How you doing, fella? I'm doing good, Russ. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, getting ready for the big Easter weekend. I know it's Passover as well. So uh yeah, a lot of lot of stuff going on. Uh and uh, everybody I could tell a lot of a lot of busy uh travel outside today, cars all over, people getting ready for their big weekend. Uh I don't know if you're gonna leave your house. Are you leaving for uh Sunday to head down to the Flyers game for that that home that home game Sunday? That's a negative. We're going to be hosting Easter here at our house and uh, very happy to not <laughs> right. be getting on the road on Easter Sunday. As you mentioned, it's uh, I guess when this episode comes out, it'll be Passover. So, you know, happy mm-hmm. Passover to those listeners. I don't know about you. Uh, you have kids who are younger than me. I don't know if this was a thing for them. I remember uh, as a little kid watching the Rugrats Passover special, and it's like the only episode of the Rugrats I remember. But we, we are not Jewish, but we show our kids the uh, Rugrats Passover episode. I think we bought it on Amazon Prime one year. So if nothing else, I'll have a working understanding of what Passover is. So yeah, absolutely. I guess, I guess we'll all celebrate together. And then Easter on Sunday, um, you know, I, I won't. We, we are looking here. I will not be sacrilege, but we are looking to kind of bring this team from a tomb of sorts and bring them back and renew hope. You know, so the Easter season, let, let us be filled with hope and joy. We'll get there in a second. The Flyers are bad, but the, the reason for hope and excitement maybe is that the team is bad. They're trying, but they're bad. And so their draft pick chances are getting a little bit better. And I guess ultimately that's the thing that we can take maybe the most satisfaction in and the most uh, hope for the future from, right, Bundy? Is there, is there anything else that people should be looking forward to right now? No, I mean, I, I mean, I, there's, there's been a, clearly a, a, you know, a flipping of the page by the Flyers in terms of what they're, they're doing with the hockey thing since the Giroux trade. 
but they have a lot of they have a lot of work ahead of them, Russ. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try to fudge uh, what the numbers look like or, or mislead people. This is not going to be good for a long time, and I don't care who's healthy next year or who isn't. This is going to be a very very long uh, and tough process for everybody involved, and um, that's what happens when your team gets put into a situation like this. Uh, over the years where it's not addressed and you put band-aids over top of things that needed casts and full operation, um, this is the result of it. And, and I'll tell you what, the, the biggest worry you have is, you know, what happened? This is, and again, I know we'll talk about this as we approach the end of the year, but what does next year look like? Like, who's going to run this team? Because if you don't, if it's not done properly, this, you could be the Buffalo Sabres. Like, I'm telling you, that's how dire it could be because the difference between having a couple really good players on your team and having not having a couple of those really good players is is the difference in everything. And and I'm 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 very very fearful for the future of this franchise in terms of the what it look what it's going to look like in the next five years because I don't think it's going to be very good. And that's not trying to be miserable. I'm just being realistic of what I think is coming down the pike. And I think people realize that too. I really do. I think the fans. This is a town you can't fool the fans in. Uh, they've tried. They've tried to do that. Uh, they've tried to. Um, gaslight them in many ways, tell them how good the team is, and then you come in this year. I mean, I don't know what kind of hockey Pugnant would have said at the beginning of this team is really good and it's going to have a good playoff run. I didn't even think it was going to make the playoffs. And, you know, a couple of injuries, we found out just how truly bad it was. Um, you know, and you can't have a team that has a deficit of a of couple injuries and you can't hold your head above water. And that's what we, we've been dealt with. Um, I don't know what the talent looks like. There's, it looks okay. Guys have come a little, come on a little bit like Morgan Frost. I don't know what Bobby Brink, like I, you know, have to see a lot of him down the road. I haven't seen him play till honest to God, till the final game in college hockey this year. And, uh, and a little bit of, of the two, uh, God awful flyers games that he was introduced to. So. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of pain, Russ. It's going to be a lot of pain, buddy, and I can't really put it any other way. What's that old expression? Pain is just weakness leaving the body. Isn't that it? <laughs> so, you know, I guess right now that's kind of what we're doing, right? We're, we're going through the pain in the short term. Now, you think about it. There are young players that, in in theory, that you hope that you can kind of build around and, and you can give some meaningful minutes to here and, and some get some NHL games under their belt. A, a Bobby Brick is a guy who's a perfect example of somebody who – you know, going into the season, I don't think anybody envisioned a scenario where we'd get to the end and you'd maybe have Bobby Brink in here for 10, 11 games. But that's where they're at right now, and that's okay. And, you know, if there is a silver lining in this season being as dreadful as it's been, it's that you, you do finally get the chance to see some of these college players make that transition. I mean, it is trial by fire. This team has got to get blown out. They got blown out uh, recently. What was it, 8-2? And that, nine, Yeah, 9-2. Nine 9-2. Two. Nine nine two. Two. Yeah. And for as bad as that feels, and for as upset as Twitter obviously was, because Twitter is always upset about virtually everything, like those things are going to happen. The, the positive is you're not getting blown out 9-2 while being sold a bill of goods that like we think that we can contend for the playoffs. That happened last year. You remember all those games that they played against the Rangers where they got their doors blown off consistently, and yet they, they tried to tell us that, well, this this could be a playoff team. This is We still believe, we think that we're a piece or two away from being a legitimate playoff contender. Yeah, and then once you get in there, you never know what's going to happen. It's like, I'm fine with 9-2 losses. I mean, it, it sucks, and it's not good for anybody's um, confidence, I guess, going forward here. But at the same time, you're fielding a team that's full of AHL guys, a bunch of guys who came up from the college ranks, and guys who are lowered on your depth chart that have now had to fill in by virtue of the trades that you've made and some of the injuries that you have. You're without your top two centers. 
you're without your, you know, your number one defenseman, right? Among others, you traded away probably the player who had the best season to this point in your captain. There's a lot of turnover here. And oh, by the way, you fired your coach in the fall and you have a guy who's, you know, a lame duck head coach serving as an interim. So, and there are also questions about the front office as well, about what's going to happen there, if there are going to be any changes made. Like there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding this team. So the the positive, and I don't know if, if you feel the same way, is that it doesn't look like these guys, for the most part, have shut down and have given up on the season because there is that hunger element, that, that, that desire and that knowledge that this might be my only opportunity or one of my only opportunities to put myself on real NHL game film, not just for this organization, but for any other organization that might be interested in. Yeah. I mean, look at JVR, right? I mean, you know, the fire's getting a little hot under his seat, but you know, he's really come out on fire the last two. I mean, he's working hard. Believe me, I've been around guys that were on expiring contracts or are starting to hear rumors as the last 10 games come down and, it's amazing all of a sudden that that, that uh, concerted effort that you see and, and doing things that you hadn't done maybe the other 60 games. I mean, that's not saying JVR all of a sudden changed his game this year. He's been the same player pretty much his whole career. Um, yep. What you just said, Russ, is um, all the things you just mentioned about the Flyers. That's If you add them all up, that's what you call a shitty team. It is. Yep. Uh, a coach yeah. fired in the fall. A bunch of college kids uh, trading the captain, uh, lame duck coach, possible lame duck GM. That's called a brutal team. And that's called the one that needs a full rebuild and a retool. We've been saying it all year. Uh, maybe now they're starting to maybe understand that that's what it's going to take. Probably need to get a real couple of real high first round picks in the next two out of three years. Uh, and make sure that those guys pay off. You know, it's funny when you look at the Rangers, right? Like... Um, uh, Kako and uh, Lafreniere, mm-hmm. two really high picks, right? One went first, the other went second. Their numbers are not off the charts for guys that went that high. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if if if, you, if they look back and said, you know, maybe were they were they considered bad draft years? You know, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that looks going forward. But again, you know, when you even if you get really really high picks, it doesn't assure you of anything, right? It doesn't assure you a point of game. I mean, you know, when you look at a guy uh, like Kako the other night, I know he's had some injuries this year, but he still only had, I think, like eight goals up to that point in 40 games. So, yeah. and that was the second overall pick. Same thing with Lafreniere. So I'm not, I'm just telling you, you know, it, it's important to find the right chemistry um, uh, of who you're bringing in. You can't just bring guys in to fit the bill or to, of what you think. There has to be some kind of a process to it. And until they get people in that are willing to go through that process, it's going to be more of, of the same until they, they figure this out. There's let's, let's really quick touch on the, the high pick thing. So Tankathon, love Tankathon. Great site. We used this for years with the Sixers while they were actively and everyone knew they were tanking because they had at least some vision. I can hear Anthony, wherever he is right now, not recording with us. I can hear him off in the distance. Hey, I haven't won anything yet. They're going to go out in the first round of the playoffs this year. Sure. But you have an elite talent. You have an MVP candidate, Joel Embiid. Um, Tankathon currently has the Flyers with the fourth best odds, right? So they have the fourth worst uh, points percentage right now in the NHL. It it seems relatively inconceivable that they're going to be able to break into, I don't know, the, the way that things are going right now, they're on 57 points, could be. If they lose out and Seattle 
pulls together a few overtime losses. Do, could oh. you maybe get to the top three? Maybe, like, the, maybe there's maybe there's a way. All of a sudden, Atkinson's hurt for the weekend, and and so is uh, you know the defenseman uh, for the Flyers there. Um, uh, there's a couple. Yeah, they, they have what four or five guys. Let me let me find the tweet because I saw it was uh, Olivia from the Philadelphia Inquirer put the the tweet out of all of the the injuries as of what was it Friday morning. Uh, where are we at? There it is. It's <clears throat> Cam Atkinson, Carter Hart, Cam York, Rasmus Ristolainen, Patrick Brown. All five were uh, not on the ice for practice. Nate Thompson though is back. Which is a big boost. And let's be honest here. If you're trying to tank, Nate Thompson should not be on that ice. That man can go out there and get a hat trick in the first that, period. If you're that not man could deprive the other team of an actual goal scoring chance. Uh, That's he can it. do that. Nate Thompson's been around a while. Seriously, if you're yeah. looking to tank, yeah. he's probably not the guy to have in the lineup. That's a compliment to Nate Thompson, by the way. I have no problem with guys like Nate Thompson. Like, I mean, he's been around a long time. He's. He's been a good locker room guy. He does what he's supposed to do. But again, dude, the, the the top top six of this team, dude, has either got to be it's either got to be shipped or just completely retooled because it's not yeah. getting it done. All they have to do is just play like they did the last couple of days, and they'll be fine. I mean, they'll have a chance of getting that pick as high as possible. Now you looks like you're sitting, guys, and you know you're at the point now where you're the GM, and you probably had somebody telling you, hey, if a guy's got a hangnail and he can help our team the next day, get him out of the lineup. That's seriously because that one that one up in in the draft might mean something, and I know those discussions happen. I've been around long enough, and I've been around the closed doors many times where I, you know, I've I've seen things happen. I'm not saying there's a tank theory that goes in, but I will tell you this: if some guy does have a little little ticky hangnail, we're not going to play through that right now because other things are far more important than that hangnail. It's not a it's not tanking. It's not actively putting your best foot forward. It's depriving your it's depriving your team of a full opportunity to go out and win the game that night. But you know it's what, Rob? Lot, we never want to question injuries. I always say, walk mm-hmm. a mile in another man's shoes that's injured and let me know how that is. So I'm never going to say anything about an injured player. If Cam Atkinson's hurt and those guys are injured and banged up, get healthy soon, and we hope to see you back in the lineup next week. Atkinson doesn't strike me as a guy who would be out of the lineup for funsies, right? He, he seems like a guy who'd go out there and, and, and lace him up. Yes, so that that's really where I'm at. No, no guy's gonna like just get taken out. But if there's something going on and there's veteran guys that have a couple years left or time, isn't it funny the guys that have it all have you know some time left on their contracts and everything, and it's all cushy for next year. So I mean, again, you know, and 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 if the Flyers believe me, if they can get from let's say the fourth best odds to getting a, moving up a pick by somehow with the draft lottery, though, I, I'm not too, I'm not opposed to depriving the fans of an opportunity to see like the best possible team. But listen, nobody's going to these games now anyway, especially coming down the stretch. And uh, with weather the way it's turning, I don't think anybody's going to want to spend an Easter Sunday or whatever a day sitting in a Flyers game with the way this team is is put together right now. It's a moot point, to be honest with you. The team is bad. The organization did something nice this week. So we're, we're going to give them their flowers. I don't have any flowers, Bundy. I don't know if you have any near you in that office. Do you have you have that shrub behind you, right? Am I seeing foliage behind your head? There's, there's a, all right, so fake, fake plants, I think, Russ. All right, so we're going to, we'll, we'll give the fake plant to the Flyers organization this week. They did something really nice. Um, they actually did a couple of things in the past week that have been nice. They, they sent Lou Nolan down to ice level um, in celebration of his 50th season with the team. Uh, Dave Scott came out and said he would pay the fine uh, if the NHL wanted to find them for sending him down to do his job at ice level, it's a, I think it's probably safe to say that would be a, a Snyder-esque thing to to say and to do. So 
that's going to land well. It landed well. It's, what, one thing that I think is, is fair to say is that, like, we obviously have been a show that is not afraid to call out when the organization does something that's bad or that we perceive as bad or that a large segment of fans reach out to us and express the same mentality on something. We, we earlier this season said, hey, the, the not acknowledging the, um, the birthday of Ed Snyder, especially that it was a nationally televised game, not exactly a great look. A lot of fans were upset. Some people told us that we were like conspiracy theorists, that we were nut jobs, that the Flyers hadn't, you know, wished the guy uh, or hadn't acknowledged his birthday for the last few years on Twitter. Just because you haven't done something right for a bunch of years doesn't mean that it's okay, right? Like, it, it's just silly. But they, I think they, they made up for it in a big way in the past week. Anthony wrote a thing over on CrossingBroad.com about all the, the good things they did, but they acknowledged the the anniversary of the passing of Ed Snyder. Um, I, I don't know how you felt about this. I know, you know you've been critical as well. This, if nothing else, felt like a decent olive branch. And, and it at least shows some awareness about how upset they had made a segment of the fan base, you know, a few months yeah. ago. This, this kind of felt like a make good. I think they did a good job with it, all things considered. Well, I mean, it's you have to wonder. I mean, I wonder what 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 changed. Like, what what happened? Why did they? Why they they dis, they they blew the alumni weekend? Like, they'll never get a gimme back on that. They destroyed it. I mean, uh, you know, someday we'll get down into like what I've heard from the actual players of the alumni about that weekend. I mean, it's, it was a dumpster fire. It was an absolute disaster. Uh, most things they've done have been a disaster, to be honest with you, since they've come in. I mean, this is why corporate America. And the hacks that they bring in to run these places just don't. I mean, either you have to have passion. There's certain cities where you can do that. You can send somebody into a, a sports town where the fans don't care. Um, mm -hmm. And you could send some corporate person in to run the show and run it into the ground. And nobody will, nobody will really notice. You can't do that here in this city. And I think the fan base understand it. This is a passionate, older, old school fan base. And when you come in and you deliberately, in the eyes of many people, just try to tear down what was built before you for the betterment of whatever you're trying to sell, which appears to be an orange mascot. Um, you know, this is this is this doesn't fall on blind eyes, Russ or deaf ears. This is a building now that's had 5000 people in it. Um, this Flyers were a bad team in 2007. Uh, they were selling out still. So, uh, you know, again, you know, has the game changed a little bit that's drawn the crowds down? It has. I mean, I think the lack of physicality overall and generally in the game has hurt the sport. Um, I think a lot of the character that was once part of the game is no longer part of it. So I'm not blaming it all on, on the Flyers business brass. Uh, but to me, you should never hold that position, to be honest with you, if, you're not, if you don't have an inkling of what's going on in the city. And, um, you know, again, I... You know, I think they've done just an absolutely a terrible job carrying the torch from Ed Snyder. And I think that's what really, I, I'll say people might say half, I think it's three quarters of the fan base that's been utterly disgusted and uh, of what's gone on. Was this week a good thing? It was. I mean, they brought the Snyder family in. They're great people. Uh, I know they're not part of it, but I mean, I, I guess you have to start somewhere. And if, if, if that's an olive branch or an admission of a mistake or, or, or saying, hey, we, we messed up, 
then I, then I'll accept that, you know, and, and, and I'll take it for what it's worth. It's a good thing that they did that. And, uh, you know, certainly six years since, uh, since Ed Snyder passed. And, you know, I don't, I don't think, and I'll be honest with you, Russ, everybody knows that the team's not been the same. It's not been the same at all. The organization's not been the same. It's reverberated through the Delaware Valley that this is not the same thing. Uh, I think what they've lost is their connection. They're, they're bringing in people that had really, uh, uh, you know, they bring guys in that, that to try to, to, on whose idea? Like, why, do, why are they making so many of the robust changes that they are? Uh, and all you have to do, to be honest with you, is go ask anybody that worked in the business office and ask them what their experiences are like. I'd like to do that. I could probably get 50 people to come on and express what their thoughts are of the Flyers business side. And I'd love to do that someday to have their expressions viewed uh, on this show. But you know what? I don't have enough time in a day to do that. Um, I think enough of it's been sold already this year. But yeah, do I want to say something nice about Great job. You guys finally did something that did something that uh, actually acknowledged the past and the person that brought Flyers hockey to the Delaware Valley. So great job. Uh, none of you have jobs if it's not for the man. So awesome job by all of you. I, I mean, what do you want me to do? Cartwheels, Russ? It should have been know. done. It should be done every I, single time there's a home game on that night. When's the last time you did a uh, cartwheel? I never have done a cartwheel, but I could certainly try. Ever? Come on, maybe, man. Maybe when I was like four, Russ. Okay, thank you. All right. yeah. I want to see. Listen, guarantee. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying right now. I we don't need we don't need the fake plant falling off the shelf. All right, I don't need you breaking an arm. I don't. We don't need that. I was just wondering. I haven't done a car wheel in a long time. Um, I do think it, it's hard, right? Because have have a lot of bad things been done. Yes. Is there um, is there such has there been a general sentiment of a poor work environment yeah like there, yeah. there certainly has been right? oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and there obviously are people who would you know kind of clap back and snap at that and say that that's all nonsense but it, well, it's, it's not 100 okay. true i mean like i said i'll get the interviews <laughs> but the the thing to keep in mind here is all right if you crater public sentiment right to the point that that they have and this isn't just a tinfoil hat theory here right like they had cratered a, a decent chunk of this fan base that I would say, you know, if, if, if you were going to say in the past that Flyers fans wear orange colored glasses, right, where they just refuse to see the fault with their team, they refuse to see uh, the, the fact in front of them that their team isn't good enough to compete. It was one of those things that Flyers fans got railed on by all kinds of Philly fans, right, by all kinds of other Philadelphia fan bases that this, like, these fans come out, they spend their money, they go to these games, and their team has no shot of winning, but they always think that they can. Well, th we've heard from how many season ticket holders at this point that they haven't renewed, or that they didn't renew last year or the year before. So that's not us just carrying some kind of negative torch because we'd like to. In fairness, I would love to come on this show every week and be positive because we're happy about the team on the ice. We're hearing good things from the people who work for the organization on the hockey side and on the business side. And that, like, it's a it's a successful, you know, inclusive environment. But it, it hasn't been that, right? So it maybe has been for some, but it hasn't been for all. And you know, whether you say it's the the squeaky wheel gets the oil, like, I I don't I don't know. I don't care. The thing is, it hasn't been perfect. Most corporate settings aren't. Most teams aren't. Maybe it's what made the Flyers so different under the the Snyder you know regime is that people felt more included. They felt more of a family atmosphere. I don't know how many teams in the NHL would would say the same thing, even now or even 10 years ago. It's, it's hard to say. We, I don't know every owner. I don't know every person who's worked for every organization. 
But when you go from the kind of sentiment and the kind of feeling that people had around this organization, then you saw it kind of change and go that more corporate model and maybe not feel quite as, as, as loving, inclusive, whatever you want to say. Well, you had, you had torn things down to an extent. Now, how hard you've torn it down or how, how much of a crater you've created. Well, that that's up to different parties to decide, but you, you at some point have to acknowledge that there was a problem and then move forward. Now, I'm not, I don't think this is breaking any news. We've heard that there are some people from the flyers past who have been consulted or who have been brought into discussions about how to fix things. This is not from all accounts or by many accounts, something that, you know, the, the folks who have been running the show across the board for the last few years, just up and had an epiphany, right? So if nothing else, it is nice to know that there might be a friendly voice or two from Flyers past, from Snyder past that might be trying to turn things around. The hope here is that it's not just going to be this one night, right? That it's not just going to be one tributor. It's not just going to be, you know, the, the one sending Lou Nolan down and saying you're going to pay the fine. It's trying to rebuild that trust with your fan base. You don't have to care about us. Don't give a shit about me or you or Anthony. That's fine. Whatever. But you should want to reach back out to the fan base that you've kind of made to feel not so great. You have lost season ticket holders. You have lost a, uh, a feeling of connection to this team from a large segment of the fan base. You have to acknowledge it. It seems like this was a good starting point. And the fact that the Flyers brought back two of the, the Snyder daughters, Lindy and Serena, uh, who were in uh, Val Camillo's suite, that's a great step. It seems like the team and Snyder, uh, Snyder youth hockey have maybe started to mend some of the fences. There, there are some within the organization who say things were never bad. And then there are people from the other side who say that things were absolutely atrocious. So you, you kind of weave these two things together, find your truth in the middle if you so choose, but it feels like if nothing else, they've taken a good step here. Now it's a matter of seeing if they follow through. It has to be more than a, a one-time gesture. It has to be more than that, but it's, it's a good start. Well, yeah. Yeah. Good job. Seriously. I mean, that, but, but to me, I mean, they should have been doing this to begin with. So what am I going to give them sure. kudos for something they should have done anyway? I mean, wake up. Seriously, wake up. And, and, and do the right thing. They should have done it from the beginning. It wouldn't be a story. If you handled Alumni Weekend, you didn't ruin the whole, entire two-day event. Uh, if you didn't, if, you know, if you didn't shove a mascot into the entire stands every day like they, they've done for years and, and decided that, that was what the product was, you wouldn't have heard from us. Take care of your fans. They're the ones that have, have stuck up, for, have been there for this team since its, uh, you know, infancy in Philadelphia. I'm glad they it did the right thing. I hope they continue it doing is it. It is interesting to see the uh, number of people who have gone down to games, however many that has been, that have reached out and said that they haven't seen Gritty as much of a focal point of the presentation of the game, which is interesting. It would, it would seem to mean that, you know, between uh, people who uh, maybe read our site or listen to the podcast or are part of a similar thought process, I guess, have gotten the word out, whether it's social media, emails, talking to their ticket reps, uh, town halls. However, they've gotten the word back to the organization. It's pretty clear that some things have changed, especially when it comes to the in-game presentation of Gritty. By the way, Gritty, good for kids. Good for a lot of different things. I sure hope that going into next season, this team makes a much more concerted effort to try to sell fans on the team. We want to see the team. We want to see the players. 
Gritty can absolutely be an ancillary to like an, uh, like a, a secondary tertiary character in the marketing campaign, but shouldn't be the focal point. We'll see. And it's also, I mean, in fairness now, you know, the, the counter is, well, this team hasn't really had stars. Claude Giroux was their star. That's fair. We can go there. But then you, you better hope that you can figure out who you're going to market around for next year. Teams across this league and across professional sports market their best players, even if they're not star players, right? Not the mascot, bad, right, Rock? Gritty has been the, teams. He's been the face of this franchise for two and a half years now, and that can't even, happen. Even across the street at Citizens Bank Park, right? You see the fanatic. The fanatic is not the thing that leads all the marketing campaigns. And that even goes back, by the way, before anybody jumps on me, before I get like a a text or an email from anybody who's upset about this. It's true. If you go back to that, that what, 2013 to like, let's say 20, 2018 period where things were especially bad, the Fanatic was still featured. The fe he's still part, he, the Fanatic is still part of the commercials. And he's the in the background. But, but you see yes. some of the players. That's how this has to, you need, if you're going to have a bad team next year, which is entirely possible, if you're going to try to retool this thing and try to sell people on the idea that this is somehow going to be a playoff team next year, right? You need to get people behind those players. It can't just be behind Gritty. You have to market your players better. Cam Atkinson seems like a nice guy. Seems like a good guy. Some of the stuff that we've seen from, uh, from videos that they've released in the past, the behind-the-scenes stuff, good. Scott Lawton, great chirper. Could be a lot of fun. Travis Konechny, if he's here. Good chirper. A lot of fun. Kevin Hayes, a guy with personality. Like, there are people on this team to build some marketing around. Please Russ, do it. I, I beg. Imagine if the Eagles, right? I mean, listen, this is, this, is a, this is very much a hockey town when it's a good hockey town. But imagine mm -hmm. if the Eagles were, like, awful by, like, the ninth game of the year, right? They were 2-7 and seven or 3-6. and six. And then the Eagles decided that throwing a heavy dose of swoop to the <laughs> fan base would be like a really good thing and get people back into the building. That's the stuff and the crap that we've dealt with. As and Now I'm, I was a former player. I played here a long time. Now I'm a fan. I want the team to do well. I want the team to win a Stanley Cup. I want the fans to have fire trucks going up and down Broad Street with players on it celebrating. That's what we long for as former players. Yeah. You can't shove a mascot down the fans' throats and expect them to come out and see that for $100. It's an embarrassment. It's a disgrace. And quite frankly, it's added to a part, a part of why the Flyers are in the pea soup they're in right now. Yeah. And most of this, uh, the old school fan base in the city that still reverberates around to it has a lot to say and a lot to show for it. You know, it's funny last week. There's one guy on social media when the, a lot of these truths were being told. And someone pointed out last week, the people that defend the team the most on social media Happened to be those fans, ironically, that were waiting in the penalty box to stand in the team picture. Isn't that interesting how that happens? Isn't, I mean, I find that absolutely unbelievable. Um, great stuff. It's really, really good stuff. You mentioned um, the team picture, and we need to talk about this before we head out here. Um, Ryan Ellis wasn't in the team picture. I'm assuming that you've heard some of the same things that I've heard about Ryan Ellis's status with this team, um, where he's at, or he's reportedly at behind the scenes. I don't think anybody's come out in public with this, but about 
maybe his feelings about the organization, about what he was sold on uh, when he was traded here, uh, about what the future could look like with this team, and perhaps even the handling of his injury situation this year. He has not been around, and he wasn't in the team picture. It was reported that he was getting treatment that morning when they took the picture, and that's why he wasn't there. But I, I haven't heard a lot of great things behind the scenes about Ryan Ellis's relationship with this organization as it currently stands, uh, whether that's the, the front office or that's medical set. Like, yeah, he, doesn't heard, seem, he doesn't seem like a happy player. Uh, I've heard rumblings, Russ, but I don't want to get into them right now. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes, uh, I, I think, that we haven't touched on that mm-hmm. we may have to address in the next three weeks. There's a lot of little things that have absolutely nothing to do with hockey with mm-hmm. this team that I think will actually, it possibly could, could be a, a major league story of its own, but with the, uh, with the medical staff uh, and Ellis, you know, I mean, again, I've heard rumblings through the years or through this year that there's been a disappointment um, on both sides of it. I don't know really in terms of what's gone on, uh, he's clearly injured, and, and Chuck acquired an injured player in the offseason. Um, whether or not the player – so sometimes what happens is when I'm just going back to my playing days, a player can become frustrated with the medical team over his own injuries, and when they run out of places to blame it, they put it on the current staff. I'm not saying that that's the case here at all. I don't know that. Whatever it is, um, we will find out before the end of the year. I will assure you that we will hear what's it, – it, the truth will always come out. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that story develops uh, as we approach. It's very very odd, Russ, that a player would not be in a team picture. That speaks absolute volumes about the relationship on both sides. Because that player, regardless, has played a game here. He's been a member of this organization. He's been on the roster. To not be in the team picture, if that's really the case, I didn't know that. Uh, is that is is a huge huge statement by both sides. Yeah, make yeah. no mistake about that. That is a very, very telling story. Yeah, and, and I guess the, the only rebuttal here, I guess, for people who say, well, he was getting treatment. You're a professional athlete. <laughs> come on. Those, come on. Those, things, those things can be rearranged. You know, it's I, not I, I did I did hear another part, though. I heard that team picture was like a revolving door of people coming up. So we used to take the team picture, and right? I'd heard somebody said to me, oh, my God, if it was you guys' team picture in, like, 2001, we'd have had nine guys screaming at people. Because apparently it took an hour, and not one player, not one coach, brass said, like, let's get things moving here. It was like just – that's why I said the revolving door of the social media angels for the Flyers, the protectors – that were getting themselves in the pictures. I know that too. I heard from like four people. It was hilarious. So I find that actually kind of funny. Nobody asked us in the team picture, Russ. Yeah, yeah. we just gave them kudos this week for the great job they did. Maybe we will not. We said something positive. Maybe we will. We'll get. Can we get? Hmm. I'm in enough team you. pictures. I don't need I to be in I can Photoshop you in the team picture if you want. Do you want that? Yes, I love that. Do you want to sit in the front? No, I'm always in the middle row, right behind the guys. That's where I kind of fit for like 12 years. That was a good spot apparently to be in the picture. Can I superimpose you in in the background, kind of like fade it out, kind of like like a godlike figure kind of over? Let me me tell you how it works with a team picture. If you want to find out exactly who you are in the team, just look at where they put you in the team picture. That's it. If you're in the third row, that means that you're probably – 
teetering somewhere between the minors and the NHL. That's what they think of you. If you're in the second row, you're you're solid NHL or first row, you're supposed to be the, the bulk of the team. Um, that's true, actually. Yeah, we used to joke about it when a guy was like, hey, uh, uh, Bob, we want you to go to the back row second from the end. That means your time in the league is probably coming to an end. <laughs> so how, how many... Uh... How many team pictures were you second from the end in the back row? Nope. Middle row every time. All the way That's through. Right. That's right. Right in the middle second row, Russ. That's called the solid. man the middle legend. That's why I said it. By the way, um, I, I don't I, I probably could pull this up here. I you know, you know me with the tech. The tech. And how I was really proud of myself last week for uh for bringing up the the video and the uh the Ronick tweet yeah, on the yeah. show. But we did have a, uh, a listener send us probably the best picture of the week. I would say it was the thing that uh, collectively lifted the spirits. Of, I believe you and I were both tagged in this. Um, it was BJ Beretta, who's a longtime listener and viewer of the Press Row Show. And let me see if I can uh, whip this up here really quick for those who are watching. By the way, I think we talked about this last week. But if you're listening to the show on your favorite podcast feed, don't forget we do put the podcast out there on uh, the YouTube channel, the Crossing Broad YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Crossing Broad. Uh, let me see. This should You should be able to see this now. So BJ Beretta tags us in a tweet, and there we go. She's a future five-star reviewer, got MJ's mama projector to stream shows while nursing as a push present for 34-hour labor. Uh C-section after Iron Man streak established despite JR's objection, but great for viewing Snow the Goalie too. And then tagged each of us in there and said, better than Mr. Rogers. How about that? I, I don't know if I saw, I got to go look for that. That is an absolutely gorgeous little baby. What a little baby. That what is baby. cute right there. And then BJ even says she uh, definitely can up the Pampers talk on the self-proclaimed Pampers podcast. Uh, but when it comes to piles of poop, the 2021-22 Flyer season is worse than anything I've ever changed. So how about that? What a great moment. You know what? This is why we love the people who uh, who listen to the show, who watch the show on the YouTube channel. We do this for, for fine folks like BJ Beretta. And uh, listen, hopefully, I don't remember if uh, there was any profanity on last week's episode. If there was, sorry to the baby, but still have time until they start mimicking it back. So we got that going for us. So uh, anyway... Buddy, I think that's probably about as good as, as we can do, given where the team is at right now. I mean, if if you're listening to this podcast because you want Bundy to break down all the pros and cons of what he's seen out of Owen Tippett, you might be waiting for a while. Next season, maybe. Or at the end of this season, we'll go back and kind of take an idea or a, a, a macro viewpoint of, you know, the things that we liked and disliked from each player's game after we've seen enough of a sample size. But realistically, we're looking to turn the page here. There isn't that much of a season left, thankfully. Mercifully, the season is almost over. If you are looking for a reason to believe, if you're looking for something to hang on to, something to obsess over, go over to tankathon.com, pull up the NHL draft simulator, uh, draft lottery simulator. And, I'm, you know, Bundy, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to click on Sim the Lottery. Let's see. The first, god damn it, the first one I did, Bundy, the Flyers fall from four to six. Not good. All right, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. I, I like to do these things more than once. Nope, they're sixth again. All right, do it again. 
Hey! First overall pick. Time number three, first overall pick. We're going to stop it there. That's good. So we got 661. That's not great, Bundy. Not great. Not ideal. That's like one of those hope for things, Russ. Listen, the balls are going to get rung in the machine, and they're going to come out how they come out, and there's nothing we can do about it. You know, I mean, just think about the luck that we got, what was it, four or five years ago with Nolan Patrick mm -hmm. getting flyers, getting plopped out at number two, and look what they did with that. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, sure. again, it's all it's luck winning that lottery as high as you can. It's execution, though, getting the players um, – uh, getting the players together uh, the way they did. You know what? Uh, I know we were talking a little bit earlier too, as we uh, as we wrap up. But I know that with uh, with Ed Snyder too, there's a lot of so many players had so many stories. I think that's why it's important, really, the Flyers. And again, I've, we've we have given them a hard ride sometimes this year. Not that they haven't deserved it, but uh, you know, Ed Snyder and the legacy he left here for the players and the fans and the people that played here for him, um, it is so revered through the area and so. Um, accepted it's just he's he is the philadelphia flyers he will always be the philadelphia flyers i mean bob clark said it himself he is the team and he will forever be the team so i think that i, I just think that that acknowledgement uh is is really really important from that standpoint uh they did a good job and and you know what i think the thing the reason the players had so much respect for him is that he always had their backs as a player and he was very much like one of the players, right? So he's able to put himself into that atmosphere with the guys, be one of the boys through generations, right? Like he was a younger man when he first bought the team and he kind of grew in with those guys, but he never changed the way he treated his players. Um, you may not have liked you as a player, but he respected that you were on his team. And I, and, and to that, that's why I think this, this year had frustrated me in a sense of, of, of those things that they'd forgotten his birthday. Uh, they did a good thing this week. And it was really nice to see Lindy and Serena in that box um, this is their dad's baby. Like this was, this is, and this has been, uh, the franchise or team in this city that has, I think, brought more pride to the people of this city because of what they did in their infancy. They brought, they gave an identity to this, to the city, right? Through the broad street bullies and the toughness. And I think that that's to be celebrated because it was Ed Snyder that, that really did that. And, uh, uh, he was, he was for, uh, you know, he could see ahead, you know, in St. Louis blues beat up the flyers. He says, it's never going to happen again. And he yep. changed the culture of the team and changed the culture of, of what the city was. And for that, uh, he should never be forgotten ever. And that's why I get so passionate about it. And a lot of a player, a lot of the players did also. It's a good note to end it on. It is. I also want to make a couple of announcements too, Russ. Yes, uh, please Wars. make some I announcements. Be, I, I will be broadcasting the Ice Wars, uh, which is actually a really interesting thing. Uh, I'll give you the um, on Twitter. It's Ice is War. Ice is war. And uh, today they'll be announcing a couple of guys later on in the day. I mean, these are absolute, like, just animals. So it's prize fighting on ice. I'm going to be in Edmonton on May 21st. Tickets are $65 for in-seats in Edmonton. Uh, it's going to be a $20 pay-per-view. And next week, next week, if you did see the Netflix special. Uh, you be careful making announcements and promises like this because if it doesn't work out, then people are going to hold your feet to the fire. Maybe we need to hold off on the announcement. We'll put well, I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to have a oh, very okay. special guest next week. Uh, awesome. Actually, I'm, I, I can almost guarantee this, Russ. When I when I when I pull through with something like this, it gets done. All right. I believe <laughs> you. It, it happens. So we're we're looking forward to having two really interesting guests. I think next week we we'll pull it off. Uh, I'm actually. I pretty feel pretty comfortable, but uh, ice is war. Uh, international ice wars is what the, it is, and it'll be interesting. I think it's, it's a new line of of prize fighting on ice. Some of these guys were former players, um, and it'll be certainly something to uh, for the spectators uh, viewing 
pleasure, Russ, as we will say. So thanks for letting me plug that. Have a happy Easter, happy Passover to everybody in the Delaware Valley. Love you all. Uh, Got a lot of Flyers hockey this week. We had some Sixers too, Russ. We're not going to talk about it, but I do feel I'm going to tell you right now. I think Nick Nurse, yes, I follow basketball. I have three basketball daughters, is going to coach Doc Rivers right off the floor. I'm probably going to take a lump in for this, but I don't really care. Who the hell is going to give you – no, no, no. Pause. Time out. The first, the next Doc Rivers defender, who's an actual Sixers fan, will be the first one I've ever met. Oh, good. Yeah, you see, I, I haven't been down to a Sixers game this year, but I just feel like – oh, Toronto seems Doc like they've Rivers. gone lately. Doc Rivers is an absolute fraud. This is a man who is there to collect a paycheck. This is a man who, for much of his career, has coached future Hall of Famers. And it's not that he developed these future Hall of Famers. They were his developed. His own NBA title came when he had three future Hall of Famers, Paul Pierce, <laughs> Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen. Yeah. And he only won one title. He goes out to Los Angeles where he coaches arguably a top five all-time point guard in Chris Paul. He's got the Lob City Clippers out there. He's got Still Kawhi can't get Leonard. the job done. Yeah. Can't get the job done, right? Yeah. He has Kawhi and he has Paul George. Does he get anything done there? No, he certainly does not. Whether you want to say Paul George is a number two or a 1B kind of player, Kawhi Leonard is a multiple-time NBA champion who's won a title with two different teams, couldn't get the job done there. He says he's ready to, to walk away from the game for a while until the Philadelphia 76ers bring his mopey ass out of quasi-retirement. They bring him in. He's gifted an MVP candidate Arguably the best center he's ever coached. He's brought in to massage egos, Bundy. What happened with Ben Simmons? Who's the one who had the quote that set the guy off? That'd be Doc Rivers. Who's the guy who couldn't massage that ego all offseason and bring that quote-unquote star point guard back into the fold? Oh, that'd be Doc Rivers. Yeah. Buddy, tell yeah. me who. I, I, I know, dude. I gotta, I gotta put a little bit on the player, Russ. There, there, there are questions about what's been going on with this team since the Harden acquisition. You're hearing some rumblings that things are maybe not aren't good. We've seen on the court Tobias Harris, James Harden, a little bit of friction, not always looking so great. Who's supposed to massage the egos? Oh, that's that's Doc okay. Rivers. Can I? Yeah, no, not good, not good. James, James Harden looks like Uncle Drew. Okay. Except Uncle Drew might be better. Well, Uncle Drew also didn't have a fat suit on. I, I mean, it's. I have a feeling, though. I don't. I listen. I'm not here to talk basketball, but I will because we're on it and it's Easter, right? So we're going to change it. That's right. I have a. Whether the Sixers fans are prepared for this, I have a feeling they're going to go down in an epic ball of flames, and it's going to leave them wondering. They're going to. It's going to leave them wondering what they are too, because Embiid's a very special player. But now you're going to start wondering if he's the guy that just can't win with all that talent. Yep. So, I don't know. Uh, Toronto, Toronto's playing well. They're a very structured team, very much like they were with you know Kawhi when they won it three couple two or three years ago with Lowry. Yeah, I do pay attention yep. to small sports, but you know what? It'll be it's going to be interesting, Russ. And at least there's some playoffs coming. The reason it's always funny because the playoffs in the NHL and and uh, basketball usually run hand in hand the series, uh, and that's not happening this year because of the. Um, uh, of the Olympic, the non-Olympic break that didn't happen with the Flyers. So uh, at least we get some playoffs starting, uh, meaningful yeah. games, and hockey will follow suit at the end of the uh, end of the month. 
if the Sixers win that series, it is going to be in spite of Doc Rivers. I think you're totally right. I think Nick Nurse is going to expose Doc Rivers worse than any other coach has yeah. to, the, to this point this season. Doc Rivers does not make adjustments. This man has somehow created this fake reality in his head that DeAndre Jordan is a legitimate backup. <laughs> he can't even DeAndre play in the league Jordan, anymore. He's done. Who, like he can't play. Hundred percent washed. Absolutely washed. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. So yeah. they lost their depth when they made the trade for Harden. The the only thing that puts us over the top, the thing that would make me feel better, is if we knew that James Harden is going to come out and look like Houston James Harden. I need the guy who goes out and scores 30, 35 points a night. The facilitator James Harden is nice for chemistry, but I want the stone-cold killer. I want the closer. I want the guy who goes out and can carry a team when the rest of the team is, is, uh, is failing. Or at least somebody who gives a legitimate second choice, a second option, frees things up for Joel Embiid. I swear to God, Bundy, if I watch this series and I am forced to watch Tobias Harris attempt like 12, 13 shots a game because James Harden keeps trying to facilitate, I might I might just stop. I might just stop watching basketball. Might, might have to buy you a new TV Monday, right, Russ? I would never attack my TV. I like my TV. Okay. But I, I will I will say very profane things at the TV. Uh, at Doc Rivers and at Tobias Harris. Well, I can't wait until they trade him out yeah. in the offseason. But hey, have a great, have a great weekend, buddy. You happy have a great Easter, Easter buddy. Family. Happy Passover to everybody in the Delaware Valley. We love you all, and we will catch up with you on the flip side next week. As I said, hopefully two definitely guests. I've got confirmation, so I'm ready to go with it. I won't say who it is, but well, it'll be pretty fun. We will have a lot of fun uh, with it for sure, and we'll continue our Flyers discussion as we move into the end of the regular season. Make See sure you buddy. follow Bundy Anthony. on Twitter at CTerrian6. Me on Twitter at JoyOnBroad. Snow the Goalie on Twitter and Facebook at Snow the Goalie. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can tell your Alexa, uh, Echo, whatever, your uh, anything Siri, anything with Google, you can tell all of them. Play the latest episode of Snow the Goalie Flyers podcast. Bingo, bango, bongo, hands-free. You get to listen to our dulcet tones. Go over to YouTube.com slash CrossingBroad. You can find the episode in video as well. So for Bundy, I'm Russ. For Anthony. Wherever he is. <laughs> See you later, Anthony. <laughs> this is Snowy Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. <laughs>